Hello, welcome to Become a Calm Mama. I am Darlene Childress. I am your coach and the host of this podcast. And this is part three of a series I'm doing around the parenting stress cycle. If you haven't listened to number one or number two, I think you should go back and listen to them. Although I think you'll get so much out of this episode, even if you haven't listened to those, because I'm talking about reframing the way we view behavior. There's this whole thought around, you know, behavior in parenting and looking at the behavior of a child and then making a bunch of decisions about, about the parents, about them, about, you know, th- what, who they are as their character and all of this. We look at this external and we judge it and we evaluate it. And when we do that, it actually creates more stress for us. Okay, so one of the things that I talked about in um, the first episode of this series, uh, the parenting stress cycle, is about how we view, parents view behavior as a threat to us. And I talked about how, of course, we're going to, in, in in a normal life, if your kid is screaming, or a person, not your child, but like a person is screaming at you, or yelling at you, or hitting you, or peppering you, or badgering you, or any of those behaviors, like in your regular life, you'd be like, I'm under attack, and I need to do something about this because this is not safe, right? You view your kid's behavior as a threat. Your brain interprets it the same as it does about the like being chased by coyotes. But instead of being chased by coyotes, you're being chased by a five-year-old, and your brain is like, ah, we're under attack, five-year-old, right? And it's not just their aggressive behavior that triggers our stress response. It's also like regular old life, like when they don't listen to us or they have a messy room or they're lying or they tell you, I hate you, or they start dilly-dallying and you're running late or they're grumpy or they disrespect you by saying something unkind or they're whining and complaining or they're sad or they have bad grades, or they're not polite to your parents, or, you know, your in-laws. It's like any of those behaviors, our brain, for, for a few different reasons, but our brain interprets that behavior as a threat to our safety, either our physical safety, our emotional safety, or our social safety. Isn't that fascinating that we have this little kid and we look at their behavior and we think that because of this behavior, we're in danger. So the way that I teach this or think about it is when you look at your kid's behavior, I want you to start asking yourself, what am I making this mean? Because there are circumstances in life that are what they are. I was thinking about these different circumstances and I was like, okay, so there's like just situations. Like for example, it's sunny outside. Okay, that's just a thing. Or these are the dates of your kid's spring break. Okay, those are it's just facts, right? Or your gas bill costs this much money. Okay, these are just facts. They're things that are happening in the environment. Now we create, we make those things a problem when we create thoughts around them, when we create meaning around it, when we use those facts or those situations as as a problem, or we make them seem great. Like you're like, yeah, it's sunny out. Great. I can plant my garden. 
Or someone's like, it's going to be sunny tomorrow. And you're like, oh man, I love being cozy and having an excuse to stay inside. Or you're like, these are the dates of spring break. And you're like, oh my God, those are perfect because I'm wrapping up a big work project right before then. And then we'll go and I'll be able to truly relax. Or these are the dates of spring break. And you're like, those dates suck because my kids don't have the same break now. And now I'm going to have to be dealing with kids on different breaks and it's going to be so annoying. And do you see what you do? How you have a neutral situation and you make it mean something like the gas bill. It's like, oh, well, hmm, that's more than I expected. I guess I'll have to cut back on eating out for like a few times or whatever to pay for this increase. Or you could look at it and be like, oh my God, this gas company is totally gouging us. They're price fixing. This is not fair or right. Like they, they, they hate us <laughs> or whatever. Corporate greed. I don't know. So I'm giving you these examples because we do this with our kids' behavior. We look at their behavior and we make it mean things. So some of the things that I see moms do and dads, but we're talking about moms, is looking at behavior and thinking like, oh my God, I'm such a bad mom because my kid is hitting that other kid at preschool. Or I'm such a bad mom because my kid has bad grades. I'm such a bad mom because my kid is sad. I'm such a bad mom because... And you use that external behavior of your kids and you judge yourself, that is creating stress. That is creating you, pushing you into the stress cycle. Or I see parents looking at the behavior and instead of making it about them, they make it about their kid. They're like, oh my God, my kid is such a, you know, like a sociopath or if they keep this up, I'm never, you know, they're going to end up not having any friends. They're going to be such a jerk, right? Oh my God, there's something wrong with them. They have a pathological problem. We start diagnosing them. We're like, they're addicted. They, they love screens so much. They're going to be addicted to, you know, drugs when they grow up or they love candy. And that definitely means they're going to like be a drug addict and drop out of school and no longer achieve anything in their lives. And we start future tripping all because of like our kid took longer to put their socks and shoes on than we wanted them to. When we look at behavior, and we make it mean something negative, it is going to create stress in us. We're going to feel like something has gone wrong because if, if we're thinking we're a bad mom, then something is wrong with me and I better fix it, change it, stop it, solve it. Or something has gone wrong with our kid. We're like, oh my God, my kid's such a mess. Like they're like totally a problem. I better fix it. Again, fix it, change it, stop it, solve it. Your brain is going to be like, uh-oh, Let's send in all the stress hormones. Like let's send in that cortisol and that dopamine. And like, let's pump this woman up because she's got a lot of problems in her life and she's got to deal with all these stressors and let's fill her up with stress juice because obviously she needs a lot of stress juice to deal with all these problems. It is exhausting to be in chronic stress. It's just exhausting. And which means the more stress juice you have, the more you have to reset it and the more you have to work on like regulating yourself and, act, you know, calming your nervous system. It can be a lot of effort and it's exhausting, but you can change it. You can help yourself not get activated in the first place if you reframe your kid's behavior. Like I said, if your brain thinks that your kid's behavior is a reflection of you, how well you're doing as a parent, 
that whenever they misbehave, it's going to bring up a bunch of feelings. You're going to feel insecure. You're going to feel doubt. You're going to feel anger. You're going to feel disappointment. And then you're going to show up with the lectures and yelling and threats and shaming and comparing and all that behavior. That's opposite of how we want to show up as parents right now. Or what I see is like, if you're looking at your kid's behavior and you're like, oh my God, I got to fix this. Like they're going to turn out to be such bad kids and like bad adults and like, you know, go into that future trip. Then we're going to have fear. Like we're going to trigger, like trigger fear. And then you're going to respond from fear. Figure, fear is stress, right? If I'm afraid of coyotes, that's a fear. And that's why I'm active. My stress response is activated to protect me from danger. So if I look at my kid's behavior and I'm like, oh my God, that, you know, there's definitely going to be so much danger, then um, I, that's going to be really difficult for me to stay calm. And that is what we're working on is staying calm. How do you know if you're parenting from stress? It's really, you know that because your actions don't reflect who you want to be as a mom. So when you're angry, yelling, and, and lecturing, or you're worried, and you're super strict and controlling, or you're frustrated, and you're saying mean things to your kid, you are in a parenting stress cycle. And it is going to lead to disconnection and chaos. So instead, we want you to be able to see that behavior differently, reframing it, Viewing it from a different lens, that's the power of life coaching is allowing you to see things from a different perspective so that instead of being activated by their, your kid's behavior, you can either remain neutral or even show up in compassion. Because here is where, here's what you need to know about your kid's behavior. It is not about you. It's not personal about you. It's not about your parenting for the most part. It's not about your kid's future, who they are, their character, their any of that. It is 100% about their feelings, their own thoughts, their own feelings, and how they are processing their thoughts and feelings, how they are communicating their thoughts and feelings. Their behavior is about where they're coming from, not where they're going or like what you've done. It's more about just this moment right now, what is going on with the kid right in front of you. When I say parent the kid in front of you, not the one you wish you had or the one you're afraid they'll become, this is what I'm talking about. The behavior in that moment is just a, a slice, a sliver of what's going on inside them right then. So your child, they have a story in their head. They're telling themselves a story. That's their thoughts. And then they have feelings about that story. And so looking at their behavior as an opportunity for you to see those thoughts and feelings in action, to see it as, hmm, what's going on with this person? Like, this behavior they're hitting, like, is this because they don't know what to do with anger? Like, where's this anger coming from? Oh, this person is dilly-dallying. Are they reluctant to go to school? I wonder what that's about. Like, oh, my kid just said, I hate you. Like, wow, that's an interesting way to communicate. Now, this isn't permissive parenting. 
we're not like, yeah, totally do whatever you want. Have whatever behavior you want. Like, no, we have limits in this program. We have correction. We have consequences. It's not a consequence-free model. This, But we don't deal with the behavior. We don't deal with the consequences until after we've been curious and connected. It's like the feeling is validated and then the behavior is corrected. But we want to validate that behavior and we can't do that when we're in stress. When you're judging, evaluating, comparing, comparing, <laughs> comparing, worrying about how that behavior looks to others and what it says about you and what it says about the future, you're missing the chance to actually coach your kid to behave differently. So it's normal to think that your kid's behavior is a reflection of you. That's what society tells you to think. But it's just not true and it doesn't really help us. In order to see behavior as from this neutral or even a compassionate lens, it's important to understand why your kid is misbehaving in the first place. So why is your child behaving that way? What is behavior? Where does it come from? For all humans, not just kids, behavior is a way to communicate our thoughts and feelings. We can show it. We can, or we can cope with the discomfort of the feelings that we have, or we can do actions to try to change the circumstance, to feel better, to like get, you know, that's why we have sneaky screens or sneaky sweets. Because the kid's like, I don't really like these rules, so I'm going to pretend they're not happening so I can get what I want. Now, it's just to change a circumstance so they feel better. It still comes to feelings. So your kids, they misbehave because they're communicating their feelings to you through their actions. They're trying to cope with a circumstance they don't like, or they're working to change the situation to make it work for them. They don't have the language yet. They don't have the emotional literacy tools to communicate how they are thinking and feeling, especially little ones under five or six. They don't have the coping tools. Most adults don't have coping tools. We have struggled with our feelings, knowing what to do with those feelings. So our kids, they are emotionally and socially immature. And that's why they behave that way. We want to teach them through limits and, th- and allowing them to make mistakes and then creating a shame-free environment where they can fix those mistakes. Of course, we need to teach our kids, but it's not, it's not, it's not possible to teach somebody when you're in an activated stress cycle. You just can't. You can't think clearly. You're in stress. Stress cuts off thinking. Kids, they just love to have fun. Having fun is their favorite. And they never want to stop having fun. So they kind of do whatever they can to make sure their life is still fun. All behavior, remember, all behavior is a way to communicate the feelings. Now, so misbehavior, it comes out when your child has big feelings about anything like you or your rules, and they act out those big feelings. I love when parents are like, oh my God, my kid has been acting out so much. I'm like, ooh, what are they acting out? (laughs) Like, what thoughts and feelings are they acting out? It's such a great phrase, acting out, taking what's inside and acting it out for you, performing it for you, showing you. It's amazing. So when you see your kid misbehaving and you get upset, 
that's going to be your normal activated stress cycle. You're going to need to take a pause break and, you know, reset your stress juice. No problem. But in general, I want you to start thinking about getting curious. Why does this behavior bother me? What am I making it mean? You can ask yourself that question. What am I making this behavior mean? If you're making it something about you or about the future or your kid and you like don't like your kid and all those negative thoughts, that's okay. Awareness is the first step of changing a pattern. You don't need to be- beat yourself up for having a human brain. Like that's, that's, we're all pretty self-centered. That's like one of the reasons why we've survived as a species because we're like kind of take care of ourselves and then we take care of those in our community in order to take care of ourselves. So getting curious and asking yourself like, what does this, instead of saying like, what does this behavior say about me as the parent? You can start asking yourself, what does this behavior say about my kid? What are the thoughts and feelings that are driving this behavior? Feelings drive behavior. So if you keep thinking that, like, what are the feelings underneath? I see this behavior, what's really going on? You will get out of that stress response and you will be able to get into neutral and move from neutral to curious to connection. I think of the journey to compassion as we start out in sort of like stress around our kids' behavior, like either we're judging it or we're criticizing it or we're judging ourselves. So we're like in a reaction to the behavior itself. And then we move to neutral. We're like, huh, look at this kid. They're they're behaving this way. And then we go into curiosity. I wonder why they're behaving this way. And then compassion is like, ah, I have some reasons, some guesses of why they might be behaving this way. So we're moving out of that stress response and into compassion. So the more you can practice curiosity, it will help you get out of that stress cycle. It's not, it's a, it's a thing you need to learn to do, right? Just listening to this podcast episode and kind of gathering like, okay, yeah, I can see what she's saying. I can see that behavior drive, a feelings drive behavior, yeah, okay, I buy that. All right, let me start looking for evidence of what my child might be thinking or feeling, getting curious. So this week, that's what I want you to do. I want you to be looking at behavior. It's one of the exercises I do in my program is we have like a chart where there's behavior, what do you see? And then feelings that might be driving that behavior. We just get used to practicing it. Now, what is amazing is that because I've been doing this so long, I can do it with my kids pretty easily. Make a good guess, you know, oh, like, huh, what's going on here? And then get curious and make a guess. But I also find that I end up doing it like in the world with lots of people. Once you see behavior as an expression of thoughts and feelings and unmet needs, You're like, oh, I can see why that person is speeding or why that person is getting upset at the grocery store or why I'm getting upset on the phone with the insurance company. It's like, oh, I'm overwhelmed. I'm feeling stressed by this. I'm making this mean that like I'm not going to have enough money or whatever the circumstances. So getting curious will help grow your compassion towards your kids and warning, it will grow your compassion towards lots and lots of people. It's incredible. And you'll also be modeling it for your kids They'll be learning how to view 
other people's behavior from this frame of reference. You know how parents are always like, well, how do you think they felt when you acted so meanly or whatever? It's like they don't get to that place until they know why they're acting the way they're acting. So if you want to create empathetic kids, viewing behavior through the lens of compassion, through the lens of emotion, is going to help you raise emotionally healthy kids who are compassionate, loving, and kind towards others, which is what we're all about, right? If you want a bunch of thoughts to borrow to help you reframe behavior, in the Stop Yelling Cheat Sheet, I have like, I think it's 40 thoughts to borrow. I don't know the number, but it's a big, it's a big list of different ways to kind of think about situations that you're in with your kids so that you don't get activated in the first place, like resetting your stress response and not getting into that stress cycle, not creating that stress juice. It's some ways to reframe, you know, different, it's like kind of a cheat sheet for, for new ways of thinking. So you're invited to get a copy of that at calmamacoaching.com, um, spelled M-A-M-A, so calmamacoaching.com. You'll see the Stop Yelling cheat sheet, and in there is a bunch of new thoughts that you can borrow, which is really helpful for kind of retraining your brain to think differently, because that's what we're doing. We're thinking about behavior differently. So this week, I want you to be really gentle with yourself. I want you to be curious about your kids and then continuing to reset your stress cycle by doing that movement, by taking some calm mama breaks, talking to your friends, getting some support from other adults, doing something that delights you, small things like that to like reset that stress juice because you're learning how to think about things differently, but it's not going to happen in one day. So you're still going to get stressed. You're still going to create your stress cycle. You're still going to have that stress juice, being aware of it, resetting it, and then keeping kind of like that stress juice in check while you're still working on reframing misbehavior so that you don't get so stressed in the first place. All right. I am looking forward to hearing how this goes. All the time, you can reach out to me on Instagram and the messages. Uh, or on Facebook Messenger and say hi. Tell me how things are going. And if you want to book a consult call with me, you can do that on the website as well. I'd love to talk to you. All right, mamas. I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you next time.